are <clears throat> in a series right now entitled Christmas Dreaming. <clears throat> and it's uh, about getting your dream back or opening yourself to the dream of God for your life. And uh, we not sometimes need to rev up our dream machine. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so this is what we're talking about. <clears throat> and I was looking at the picture of the, the little kids uh, happily receiving their Christmas gifts. And I remember as a child, maybe you did something like this as well. When you're getting closer to Christmas and the, <clears throat> the gifts are beginning to mount up under the tree and with uh, four other siblings, it looked like a lot. And, uh, and so we would, I would sit on the floor and I would gaze at the presents under the tree and then I would pick them up and find my boxes and shake them and kind of get excited with anticipation of what we were going to receive. And when we talk about uh, the Christmas dream, we're not just talking about a present that God has for us, something that we just, it's for me, it's a present for me, but really it's the purpose of God for my life, that kind of dream. And this is what we're talking about. And the key to our dreams is to remember, or the key to our destiny, rather, is to remember our dreams and to reach for them. And I believe God has dreams that he wants to renew in our heart in this season in which we live. And last week we looked at how God put his dream into Mary, not only was the dream conceived in her womb, but it was really conceived in her heart, and she carried that dream, and so we talked about that last week. This week, I want to look, I want to shift gears and kind of look at Joseph. Now, Joseph uh, had a dream, I'm sure, as well as all of us do, uh, but his dream was challenged when he learned of Mary's condition, and uh, finding out that she was with child. And then, subsequent to that revelation, uh, he literally got a dream in the night. And these things combined rocked his world. And uh, I want to talk about today, um, for that reason, I want to talk about the nightmare before Christmas. That's the title of my message. And that is not a takeoff. I, have, I, don't even, I don't even know if I watched that movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I thought I'd steal it for today, and uh, I want to talk about that today. So let's read. This is the, the, uh, the ancient uh, story found in Matthew's Gospel. It says, now the birth of Jesus was as follows, after his mother Mary was betrothed uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, uh, then, I'm sorry. Then Joseph, what did Joseph do? Because her husband, being a just man, okay, sorry. Uh, it's, the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's got me all in a Twitter up here. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Talk about your nightmares. I'm having one. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do, you, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Come on, can I get a good amen? God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and, call, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you for your presence here today, for already, God, just coming and, and encouraging us, God, to stand strong no matter what we're going through. And God, as we process toward the future and our dreams and our purposes and things that you've given us, God, we especially needed that today. And I pray, God, that you would just kind of take this word and even embed it further in our spirit, I pray. We honor you and we honor your word in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Now, I'm sure all of us in the room, this has happened, but have you ever had a dream that turned into a nightmare? A couple of us have probably had that happen in our life. I've had that happen. And nightmares are those uh, frightening or unpleasant images that strike terror in your heart. Sometimes they wake you up out of a dead sleep in cold sweat, and, you're, and you have fear. There's heart palpitations. And I've, I've had them a few times. I don't have nightmares often. I, I, I don't even know how many times, but it's not been very often. But when I had them, I've had a, I've had a couple that were so bad that when I woke up, I was relieved to know that that wasn't real, that, you know, it was that kind of uh, thing that was going on, and, um, but when, you know, God gives a dream, or when we have a dream or a desire that we feel God has put in our heart, from that perspective, it is just that. It's an image of a, a preferred future. It's a longing. It's a desire. It's something that we see. It's something that we imagine, and we feel like God has put it in our spirit, and we really want it to come through, and it it gives us, uh, there is a sense of excitement about it when God puts a dream in our heart. But then there are times from another perspective when the dream is uh, sideswiped or T-boned by some event or events in your life. And, and it's in those times when what was a dream then becomes like, it feels a lot like a nightmare going on in your life. And this brings us back to Joseph. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Joseph. We know that he was a carpenter, and we know that he was a, he was a godly man. And I'm sure like most other people of his generation, a, a people of all generations, Joseph uh, had his dreams, had his hopes, had his desires, and uh, involved in those dreams, I think, was probably the dream of building a life with the love of his life, Mary. And I think she was a part of his dream. And, and uh, you know, that seemed a, like a good thing and a God thing that was in his heart. But when he learned of Mary's pregnancy, those, I think, hopes and dreams seemed to be shattered in an instant from his perspective. What began as a dream in Joseph, suddenly turned into a nightmare, I think, in many ways. The confusing information of Mary's condition left him bewildered and disappointed. 
And all he could do now was try to salvage what was left of his life and quietly move on if he could. But the situation Joseph found himself in wasn't at all what it seemed. It wasn't what it appeared to be. It was a strange turn of events for sure, but God was actually in it. Sometimes, let me just say this, sometimes the road you and I take to our dreams is not the road we would normally take. Going toward what God has in store for us and and the thing that's in our heart, we are excited about it and we think this is the way and then something happens and we find we're on a different way and we think at the time we've lost our way or, or that's been canceled, but no, the dream is still there, but it's not the way you would normally take it. And this is really important because for God to get us where we're going and where he wants us to go, sometimes he has to do things not your way, but his way. And he's going to do things that are going to stretch your faith and in the process also build your character. Even though Joseph was a godly man, a righteous man, a devout man, Joseph was not a perfect man. And he didn't have it all together. And so there's things that God is working behind the scenes in spite of you, but also for you. And he doesn't need your permission to find out whether or not this fits your plans. Amen. So he had this dream. And and also God's choice to father the son of God was Joseph. And God's choice... Listen to me, God's choice to bring a revelation of Jesus Christ in our world, and that's what all of our dreams should be about. Ultimately and finally, they are of Christ, for Christ, by Christ, because of Christ. And if Jesus isn't at the center of our dream, we've got the wrong dream. No matter how good it appears, it isn't for you, it's for him And through him and by him, it's for his glory. And so if things are going to be done, if we're going to arrive at our final destination and achieve those dreams and come to that place that's deep in our heart as a desire from God, then it's going to have to be done God's way. And it may appear, that dream may appear to be right now a nightmare. (laughs) But it's still God's dream. So this is going to be a little bit of an unusual message today. I'm already apologizing. Um, But today, I I just want to remind us that Joseph received, if you don't know this, you can read this in the first two chapters of the book of Matthew. Joseph got four nighttime dreams in order to keep him on track with the dream for his life. And so I want to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about three reasons for night dreams. And then in a few moments, I'm going to talk about three responses to live the dream of your life. And so, first of all, we're going to talk about night dreams. Dreams that we get in our sleep or dreams that come in the night. Now, let me just say that God gives dreams in the night 
I think, largely to help us stay on track with the dream of our heart, the dream that he's given to us. Now, let me just also say, I do not believe for one instant that every dream I have is from God, just like I know that not every thought I think in my waking hours is from God either. So not every dream I have is from God, as the old adage says, sometimes it's from pizza. Psychologists tell us that humans dream, and this is their answer, and I'm not trying to dismiss them, but psychologists will tell us that dreams are a natural way that our brains process what's going on in our life and trying to recalibrate us, kind of get us back in to, you know, kind of fix and repair things of our life, and that it's just kind of a natural thing that our brain goes to. And I'm, I'm not, I don't hate on that at all, but here's what I do know. That may be true on some levels. <clears throat> Excuse me. Could I have my water? Thank you very much, Katie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Thank you, Katie. Now, where was I? Psychologists say that we dream to kind of heal our brain. But we do know that God does speak through dreams in our sleep and that he's been doing this for a really long time. In fact, let me give you a proof text. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 says, this is the Lord speaking, and he says, hear now my words. In other words, pay attention Pay close, close attention. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. One of the ways that God talks to us is through a, God will, dreams are basically God's voice to us in the night or in our sleep. One of the ways he likes to communicate to us is through dreams because generally we are shut up and we listen. And he can get through to us in a dream. And there's probably a lot of reasons why God will speak to us in a dream. But I want to mention three out of the life of Joseph that I think are important for us, why God will give us a nighttime dream. Now, all of this is going somewhere, so please track me and stay with me. One reason that God will give us a dream in the night, one of the reasons is for the purpose of correcting us. Now, when I say correcting us, I don't mean God condemning us or shaming us, but how many of you know sometimes we're going in a wrong direction, making wrong choices, or headed in a place, or have maybe, a, maybe a, an attitude issue going in our life that is not helping us on our way to our dreams. And so God sometimes will have to get through to us. And one of the ways that he may choose to do that is through a dream like he did with Joseph. The Bible says that Joseph was a devout man. He was a godly man. But when he heard about Mary's condition, it really messed him up because he was a righteous man. And so in his mind, Mary, it wasn't a miracle that was happening to Mary. He obviously thought initially that she had been unfaithful. But he didn't want to condemn her. He just wanted to put the whole thing behind him. And he thought, this is the right thing. 
I'm a righteous guy. I'm a devout guy. And the right thing for me to do is to not marry this person who has been obviously unfaithful. Are you with me out there? And so if he would have persisted in that thought, then he would have missed out on God's destiny for his life. If he would have hung on to that and made the choice and the decision that he thought was right at the time, then he would have missed what God had for him. And so God <clears throat> showed up in a dream and basically said, don't do what you're about to do. Take Mary to be your wife because what's going on in her is not a problem, it's a promise. And it's, what, it's me, I'm in it. This was, not a, this was not a failure, this was not a mistake, this was my plan. And I want you to be a part of it, and I need to correct your, you know, I need to correct you right now. And so sometimes we need God to show up and correct us, and he can do that in a sermon. He can do that when I'm reading the Bible. He can do that by the Holy Spirit in this still small voice in just a moment in time in our life, but he can also do that in a dream. And so... Oftentimes, God will come in dreams and make these little adjustments in our life. Uh, a number of years ago, I was in a really bad place. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, but I was, I, I could only say it like this. I was, my spirit was extremely sour. I was uh, just complaining a lot and not just, I was just not in a good place. And I remember having a dream one night. And uh, I was up in a mountain resort area, and it was a beautiful scenery, and there were a bunch of people, we were outside, and there was a lake out there, and there were beautiful mountains, and, and there were a bunch of us outside, and then there was this old car that showed up, and everybody got in the car. And I stood there and watched as everybody got in this old car, and then the car took off and was driving up the mountain road around, just by the side of the lake. And as I was watching this car take off in this beautiful scenery, the car just all of a sudden careened off of the road and rolled down into the lake. And I'm standing there watching this carload of people just fall down into the lake, and then they begin to drown, and the, the water just drowned them, and bubbles were just standing there. That's a terrible dream, but I'm, I'm not doing anything to save them. I'm just just watching, and then all of a sudden, this tall figure in a dark suit came up and walked beside me and stood there, and we both watched as these people drowned in the water. And then as I looked up at the person, he looked at me, and he pointed out to the water, and he said, you can be thankful that was not you. And... And the, guys, the guy that said that to me, and many of you are not going to know who it is, but it was a guy by the name of Lowell Lundstrom, who was a very famous evangelist singer guy in his family in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and had, he died, had already been dead. And I, I, don't, I, I hadn't heard of Lowell Lundstrom for years, but it was Lowell Lundstrom standing there telling me, you can be thankful that was not you. 
And I'm going to tell you, I woke up out of that dream, and I knew instantaneously God had just taken me to the woodshed. No. I, I, knew, he de- I knew God was dealing with me. And I literally, and it took me a couple of days, actually, to process that dream. But what I, what I came to understand, there's a lot more nuance to it about automobiles and ministry and going up roads and greening off the road. And that was, that was essentially a picture of my life, how there was a time where my, I was going up, but I fell down. But by the grace of God, I didn't drown. But I had gotten sour in my spirit. And God was reminding me, look what I did for you. You know? And, and I believe that God used a dead preacher to talk to a sour preacher about a dead condition that was in his heart. And he was saying, you better live while you can live and be thankful. See, God will do that because sometimes we get ourselves into a disposition and a way of thinking and a way of operating that take us right out of the game to the dream that God has for our life. And God will show up, and he will show up in a dream to correct you. The second reason God will show up in a dream or give you a dream is to direct you. It's for not only correction, but direction. So the story goes on in Matthew chapter 2 after Jesus was born. We all know the story that the wise men from the east came to worship Jesus. And they came and they talked to Herod and they said, we are here to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod said, okay, when you find him, come back and tell me. Little did they know that Herod was jealous and that he had a plot and a plan. So The wise men went on, they found Jesus, they worshipped him, they gave the gifts to him. Jesus had already been born by this time, but but the Lord showed up in a dream and told the wise men what Herod was up to and warned them not to go back to Herod. And so the Bible said that they went back east where they came from, but they took another route. They went a different way back home, which was back east. Well, then immediately following that, the scripture tells us that the Lord showed up in a dream to Joseph and said, Herod is up to no good. He's going to do some really bad things. He's going to end up murdering a bunch of children to try to wipe out the king who has been born. So here's what you do. You go west down into Egypt. So the wise men went east That's the way back to where they came from, but God said to Joseph, you go west and you go down into Egypt, and that was God's direction in a dream. Now, it would seem that the wise thing to do would be to go go the way of the wise men. Thank you for helping me preach today. It would seem that that would be the wise choice. But you know what? God, the, the wise way may not be God's way for you. And so God will sometimes show up because we think we're making decisions wisely that this is what I need to do. But if we don't realize that God has another plan, in fact, there was a scripture that said, I've called my son out of Egypt. God had already said he had a plan and a purpose that Jesus would be called out of Egypt. 
And so God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and there's prophetic significance to it. And so we have to listen for God's direction at all times and go the way that God would have us go, not the way that seems the wise way to you and me. Is this making sense? Are we getting anywhere? And so we need to know that God will show up in a dream in the night. Some of the dreams that you have are God correcting those little issues in your soul. Other times they're God saying, here's the direction I want for you. This is the way that I want you to go. Now, let me just share with you real quick. There are at least five ways. I know this sounds like you know, three and two and five, but there are five ways that God will direct us. He will direct us, number one, through his word. You can trust the word of God. God will speak to you through his word to direct you. Number two, he'll direct you. He can direct you through, um, through uh, the counsel of godly men and women in your life. They can help you. He can also direct you through common sense. How many of you know that you have that? Use your sensibility sometimes, right? And he can also direct you, number four, through circumstances in life. But like the finger on my hand, it's probably the smaller thing. But number five, this is the Holy Spirit which binds it all together. He'll direct us by way of the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures, through the counsel of others, through common sense, through circumstance, but the Holy Spirit is what's holding it all together. Listen, let me just say something. Don't go to the horoscope for, to get your direction. Don't look at diviners to get your direction. And let me say this too. Don't look to dreams for your direction, but do know that God can direct you through a dream. Does that make sense? Because the Bible tells us that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit, and he said that he would, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we would have visions, and he said we would dream dreams, and we find it throughout the book of Acts, where God was giving men dreams and giving them direction in where they should go. But I don't I have, I will say this, I have on the occasion, especially when I think my, son, my Sunday morning sermon is going to bomb, I'm like, God, just give me a dream of a better message. I'm not saying I haven't prayed for a dream, but I don't think that that's the way we should go about it, if I can try to bring balance to this. We, we have the Holy Spirit who counsels us. He's our counselor. How many of you know that? And in fact, let me, let me uh, read this verse of Scripture. It's found in Psalm 16, verse 7. He said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Listen to this. He's given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. See, I, that verse of Scripture, I went and looked it up in the Hebrew language, and the phrase, in the night season, is a Hebrew word, which basically means in the night time or in times of darkness. So what what he's saying there is when I, I believe you could, you know, kind of play it like this. In my dreams or in my sleep, 
even there, the Spirit of God can counsel me. And he can give me words of direction for my life. And I love this. He says, and my heart also instructs me. See, that's the, that's the goal of the Holy Spirit is to come and impress his presence and his will upon your heart. So it, when you wake up, you wake up with a sense God has been talking to me. And God has said something to me. We need to be sensitive to that. Amen? Amen. So God will give us and come to us in our night dreams to correct us. To also direct us, but then the third thing that I want to bring out of this passage is for our protection, our correction, our direction, and our protection. So when God told Joseph to take Jesus down to Egypt, that was God protecting him, right? God was protecting him. Then after Herod's death, after Joseph and Mary and Jesus had been down in Egypt, and I've read different commentators on The length of time, it's all the way from three months to seven years, but I think it was something probably more in the middle, somewhere in a couple of years span, that they were down in Egypt. God came in a third dream and said, Joseph, I want you to go back to Israel. And the Bible says that Joseph was making his way back to Israel, and then he got scared. Joseph got, became afraid. He was doing what God told him to do, but when he was going back, he thought, well, I must, go, I'm, I must be going back to Bethlehem in Judea because that's where I came from, and that's my hometown. And as he was heading back there, he heard that Herod was dead, but he also learned that Herod's son was not dead, and it caused fear because he said, you know, it's like, like father, like son. You know, maybe he'll, he'll try to kill my, my son as well. And the Lord showed up in a dream, the fourth dream. And, and the Bible says he warned him not to go to Judea, but rather to go into Galilee to the city of Nazareth. In a dream, God directed him what was the, to protect him. To protect him from going in the wrong way. To save his life. Why? Because he's got destiny in his hands. He's got purpose. He's holding and fathering and cultivating and nurturing the dream. So God showed up to keep him on track to protect him and sent him to that little out-of-the-way city called Nazareth. How many of you know that when God warns you, that's a good thing? Come on. It's good to get warned. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means there are bad things out there. And God loves you so much that he'll show up in a dream and he'll warn you about things that are around the corner. And... uh, I had one of these kind of dreams a number of years ago in my life. Uh, I was, I don't know what it is about mountains and cabins, but this was another mountain, and here I'm a beach person. I, I would rather be at the beach. Like, give me one of those, God. So, um, but I was up in a, a log cabin, actually, and again, I was in a room full of people, and we were sitting down at a table to eat. 
And then we heard wild horses outside snorting and running around. And somebody said, do you know why the wild stallions are down here? And uh, I said, no, why are they here? And they said, because the wolves are chasing them down. And when they said that, I looked over at the door, and the door that I thought that I had closed in my dream did not latch, but it was left open that far. And so I just kind of got up. I had enough courage to get up because I could hear the wolves on the other side of the door. And I had enough courage to get up and go over to the door. And when I went over there, I could see, I could see the horses running in fear and kind of snorting and out there. And then I looked down and I could see the paws, paws of wolves. Sorry. And I just took the doorknob and I slammed it shut. And it latched. And I went and sat down. Well, I woke up and I had that vision. It was very vivid in my mind. And I had that. And I wrote it down. And, but I didn't understand it. But as I stand here before you today, I had an encounter later that day. And I'm not going to explain it all to you. But I will go so far as to say it was an issue of potential sin. And I had an encounter later that day where I came up on it. And I knew immediately that God warned me, you better close the door now. If you don't close the door, this could hurt you. And, you know, of course, there's the scriptures I didn't even think of till later where God said um, to Cain, don't you know that sin is crouching at your door and looking for an opportunity to destroy you? And I thought I got that dream because I was a bad person. But God showed me later, he gave me that dream because there's a bad enemy and he was trying to protect me. Why? Because God has a purpose for my life. He put a dream in my heart. But there's all kinds of things that are out there on the other side of the door. And I just want to encourage you today. There may be a door open in your life concerning something. And that's between you and God. It's not, between, I, I, it's not my business. But you better get up and slam the door shut. Because God's taken you somewhere. Amen. And don't you want to get there? Amen. So, I told you this is an unusual message today, but those are, there's probably a lot more, uh, many more reasons why God would speak to us in dreams in the night, but those are, out of the story of Joseph, those are the three that came to my mind. Now I want to talk about, those are the reasons, but I want to talk about our responses in order to live our life dream. Three responses to living our life dream. Now, God, I believe, gives us dreams in the night. I'm going to say it again. He gives us dreams in the night so that we can reach the dream that's in our heart to keep us on track. Joseph lived the dream. He didn't just have dreams, but he lived the dream daily and in practical ways. Uh, so that he could reach his destiny. I want to say this. 
It's not so much the dreams you dream at night that matter. It's the dream you live while you're awake. That's what matters. So you can flaunt your dreams. I can get up here and tell you more of my dreams, but that's not what really matters. It's what I'm doing with what God is showing me in my life. And so so from Joseph's response, I think we can learn how to live the dream. And so there are three responses that I see in the life of Joseph that I think need to be in our lives. Number one, we need to believe what God tells us. The first thing is we really do need to believe what God tells us. Joseph was a good man. He was a godly man. Uh, But he did battle with some fear in his life. Twice in two separate dreams, the Lord said to Joseph, the very first thing was, Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't let fear grip your heart. Don't be afraid of your future. Don't be afraid of what's happening. Don't be afraid or overwhelmed. But but here's what's going on. Here's what I'm doing. And, And where it concerns Mary, he said the thing that's happening in her is not foul play. It's not a mistake. It's not a failure. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And what she's carrying in her is God Almighty who's going to save his people from their sins. And Joseph in that moment had to make a decision. Am I going to believe in the natural or am I going to believe what God says to me? Every one of us have got to come to a place in our life. If I'm going to reach the destiny and the dream that God has for me, I've got to believe what God tells me. Even when the circumstance looks like a nightmare. Amen. I'll amen myself. It's okay. In Mary's case, Joseph either had to believe God or he was going to bolt. That's what it boiled down to. You either believe what God says or you don't have a future in what God wants to do. And it doesn't mean you're an evil person it doesn't mean that you're 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 not better than anybody no it it all boils down to believing god trusting god trust in the lord with all your heart don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path but you got to trust which means we have to believe what god says period amen i like saying period The Word of God only works for those who work it. The Word of God only works for those who work it. That's what believing is. It's like I'm putting God's Word, promise, to work in my life. Some people, I think, think, well, you know, I'm not so bad. I believe God 30% of the time. Well, if you believe God 30% of the time, then that means you must believe the devil 70% of the time. Well, how does that work? That doesn't work. Right? we got to believe God. Believing God is a decision that you have to make every day of your life. You have to believe it every day of your life. 
beyond your feeling, beyond how you feel, beyond what it looks like. You have to believe God. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, you better start believing God. Go ahead and tell them that. They need a little preaching right now. So number one, this is the first response. Believe what God tells you. Number two, obey how God instructs you. Obey. Trust and obey. Right? Or there's, well, I'm off key, but you know what I mean. Just like Elvis, no. (laughs) Uh, Believe what God tells you. Obey how God instructs you. Now, each time God showed up to Joseph in a dream in the night, he gave him specific instructions. He said to her, said to him, take Mary to be your wife. Essentially, that's what he said. Take her to be your wife. Go down to Egypt. Go back to Israel. Go up to Nazareth. And you know what Joseph did? He obeyed. (laughs) He did it. God gave specific instructions and Joseph obeyed specifically. That's the way it works. Amen. Now, I feel very strongly about the need to, to obey. I believe in obedience. And I believed in it when I was a father with my children more than I believed in it as a child of God. But you can feel very strongly about obedience. That doesn't mean you always obey. I bet if we sat down with all of us and we all talked to each other personally, individually, how, how important is obedience? Oh, very important. But how interesting that we don't always obey. And how do I expect to get where God is taking me and where God wants me if I'm not going to listen to what, he's, what he says to me in order to achieve the dream in my heart? I've got to listen to God's instruction and go with God's lead and do it. Even, even if it's hard stuff. You know, when, when God said, take Mary, what's happened in her is of the Holy Spirit. This isn't a flesh thing. This is a spirit thing. For Joseph, being a righteous man... At first, it was an embarrassment. But sometimes God will tell you things that doesn't always make you look good. He'll give you instructions that on it, on the, you know, initially, it kind of puts you in a kind of precarious situation. But how many of you know that God has chosen the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise? God doesn't always, he doesn't, he's not always concerned with how good you look to everybody else. He's, but he's super into how obedient you are to him. Amen. So, or to go down to Egypt. What are you doing with me, God? You kicking me to the curb? Egypt, of all places, you put me over there. Sometimes God tells us to go to places that it seems like Our dream has been postponed or put on hold or we've been banished to some outskirts where we can't get to where we're going. But listen, it's a part of the process. You've got to obey. You don't always get your way at your time when you want. Sometimes you got to go down to Egypt. (laughs) Amen. And... 
That's where God is going to do his work. And he'll bring you out. But you got to obey. Amen. Now, we've been singing about it all day. Surrender. It was in several, couple, at least a couple of our songs. And uh, the key to obedience is a heart of surrender. Everybody say surrender. You've ever, another, I'm not going to sing because I can't hit my keys today, but another famous old hymn was, uh, I Surrender All, right? Everybody say, I Surrender All. Really, most of the time, we, I surrender 73% or one quarter, but that's not really, you know, if you say, if you say all, then you mean all. Amen. So what is surrender? Surrender, the key to obedience is a surrendered heart, and surrender is to be compliant. That means you're not going to be stubborn. You're not going to be a strong-willed child of God. Who am I talking to right now? You're going to be compliant. You're going to be cooperative, not... uh, is it uncooperative? And you're going to be responsive. Not indifferent, but responsive. Amen. That's what it means to obey in order to reach your dreams. But then the final thing, that a final response is dwell where God leads you. Believe what God says, obey how God instructs, but then dwell. Everybody say dwell. Dwell where God leads you. Now I want you to see these verses of Scripture. This is the last time God comes to, to, uh, to Joseph, and it says uh, when Joseph heard that uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that is, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. You see, everything that God is doing in your life is a fulfillment of God's plan for what he's doing, okay? And so God sent Joseph up to that remote, out of the way, the other side of the track city called Nazareth. You know that city where somebody said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That place. That was the place that God sent him. Not the resort communities on the Sea of Galilee or at the Mediterranean Sea, but God sent him up to that little blue-collar town called Nazareth where people said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Amen. And the Bible says he went up there and he dwelt in that city. And so I looked up the word dwelt, and the word dwelt means to settle down, to inhabit, to reside in, to house permanently. It means you you take up residence and you put down roots. Amen. See, God's getting through to us. God led Joseph to raise his family in Nazareth, and Joseph made that 
unlikely city, his community. And the phrase that it might be fulfilled indicates that our purpose in God, in God is being present where we are. Uh, yesterday, Mark in the men's breakfast talked about something about how people are most unhappy and feel most unfulfilled because they, don't, they aren't present where they live or where they are in their life. And so oftentimes we think, my dream is over there. No, the dream is from here to there. Well, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like Butte. I don't like this. I don't like this part of my life. I don't like this thing that I'm going through. Well, dwell there. Because that's where you be. Amen. And that's the road that you take to get to where God wants you to be. You just, you just dwell where God sends you. And if God leads you to another place at another time, then that's a part of the process. But the weight of the dream is from here to there. It's not over there, and I'm going to be all you know, sassy and mad about it till I get there. Amen. Several, several years ago, I'll tell you one more of my dreams. Can you stomach one more? So I had another one, and this was in the year 2010. I had just had a heart attack. I was 47 years old, and I had to get life-flighted over to Missoula from, from here. And uh, I had 100% blockage in my front artery and uh, another 75% one off, you know, another one of those arteries. And, uh, and so I got two stents put in me. Anyway, I had just gone through a heart attack. And, um, yeah, I was just in a kind of a, you know, an, just kind of like, what's going on here? And uh, God showed up in a dream and brought revelation to me of, I think, what was going on in my life. And I'm, I'm not saying that the, the heart attack was because of this, but I think what I went through made me super sensitive to what was going on. And, and so I had a dream that I was at a, Julie and I were in a, at a place, and I lost my set of keys. And I was looking around all over for a set of keys. I'd lost my set of keys and I remember going in all down I was trying to backtrack everywhere I was going I was trying to find my set of keys and I couldn't find them and I went into a room and I I saw and I kept finding everybody else's keys and I remember one of one of the set of keys was my son oh that's Zach's my my oldest son that's his set of keys and I set it back down I didn't even bother taking it to him and I was I was on I was searching for my keys and then I went to the front kind of like a welcome area, and there was a glass. This is before COVID. There was a glass there separating the, the people on the outside from the person that was on the inside. And there was this little hole in the glass, and I looked through the glass, and I saw, oh, there's my set of keys. And I said to the person um, standing there, I said, hey, those, those are my keys. Can I have my keys? And he looked at me, with the most demonic look, like, you know, like, like he hated me, like he didn't want to give me the keys. But he had no power to not give them to me. 
And as he looked at me with those demonic-filled eyes, he just handed me the keys through the little slot, you know, the little sliding thing under the glass, and I took my keys, and I walked out, and I woke up, and I just knew Jesus said to me, you've lost your keys to the kingdom. You've lost your authority. You've misplaced your responsibility. And you need to get it back. You don't need to leave town. That's not the answer. You don't need to run away from what I've called you to. That's not the answer. You need to get take authority. That's the answer. That's what keys represent. Authority. So God comes to us in the night and he gives us dreams because there is a dream that awaits your final destination so don't get off track of it amen church let's all stand together can I have the prayer team come the prayer team if you would come and prepare if you need prayer for anything today I'm going to quickly say a prayer and let you go and it's been good to be with you today But if you need prayer for anything, any one of us up here would be willing to pray with you about anything, and especially about any dream in your life that you've had that seems like it's been removed, any vision, any purpose. God may want to speak to to you today and give you some uh, renewed hope for that. Father, we love you so much. Jesus, it's all about you. Everything that we are, everything that we do is not about our own success. It's about your will, your kingdom, your purpose in our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that where we have lost our dream, that it would be renewed and restored to us. God, if we haven't been dreaming, Lord, that we would dream again. That in this season where we close out one year and get ready to move into another, God, that like a child, we would anticipate the dream, God, that comes from your heart into our heart. Stir us, God, for your kingdom. Stir us for your will. Do a fresh thing in us. Do a new thing in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, come this way.